Support for Oyster Road Radio comes from you, our listeners. If you'd like to support the show, visit the link in the show description or visit patreon.com forward slash Oyster World Radio. Your support is like rocket fuel as I take on the challenges of a podcaster on the road, including leaving some of my gear on a bus in the middle of Cambodia. It happens. So support the show. More support means meeting more people that you would never normally meet and helping me replace the gear that I leave on random buses throughout the world. Become a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Oyster World Radio and support the show today. Welcome to Oyster World. Radio. Hello, Oysters, and welcome to another episode of Oyster World Radio, the podcast where we broaden our perspectives by listening to the stories of people from all over the globe. It's easy to get trapped in the day-to-day routines of our own personal bubbles, but there are billions of ways to live that one life that you got. It's my job to find those ways and bring them to you. I'm Nathan Lieberman, and in this episode, well, I got a little drunk. I got to know our guests, Rob Salkild and Joss Reed, at their cafe, the Thistle Stop Cafe, after eating breakfast there literally every single day. These guys are top-notch, only to be outdone by the haggis and bacon breakfast that they make. Oh man, I miss it so much already. I didn't know this about Scotland, but it has a very dark past. Lots of killings and cruelty in this now bustling city and the birthplace of Harry Potter. Rob grew up in the slums of Edinburgh before the tourism started to pick up the city, so he knew the Edinburgh before it started to turn into what it is today. But when you make your round to Edinburgh, which I recommend everyone does, make sure to stop at the Thistle Stop Cafe on the Royal Mile, say hello, get the best breakfast of your life, and you'll start your day off like a true Scot. Enjoy the show. Nothing about it, right? So, didn't he go too technical? Yeah. I don't even know what this is about. Truthfully, a podcast like what you're saying. Right. So, how did you get into it first of all? I mean, how are you going to get paid? I mean, how do you, does that? It's work? like we're interviewing it's, you. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's really interesting because it's it's new, and this oh. was it, this is really new in the United States too. Right. Last five years, it's really blown up. Right. And it really is just a voice for people. People can create their own radio shows. Right. And um, that's what it is, but it's in episodes. It's not on the radio, like a car radio. Oh, right. But it's almost like a TV show. So how did in America? Then how would I pick this up for talk show? So like, uh, say when you're like in cutting about your house doing the dishes and right. doing chores, you have this playing so you can just listen to it. On what? On, on speaker, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So you can. I mean, what do you plug into? Do get that? Um, iPhone. It's on all. Oh, iPhones. see, right, 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 right. You got to remember, I can just switch a telly on. Just about. <laughs> so, yeah, so you can't switch on the telly no, and hear my voice. Uh, <laughs> Maybe one day. That's about as good as I can get. I mean, oh, by the way, I was on. I'm quite big in Japan. Did I tell this story? No. Well, this is a good perfect story to start with. So yeah, I'm big ahead. in Japan. We, uh, Joshi's brother worked in the cafe. I worked in the cafe with us, and so did Annie at the time. But she's my granddaughter, and she's really pretty. Yeah. And uh, we had got these. Uh, cameras, American, uh, Japanese people were coming with, with cameras, and they came in one day when the cafe was really, really busy, and they said, can we just sit here and film them, and they went, oh, Christ, mate, look, we're taking up all this room, can we come back on Tuesday, for talking to say? Yeah. and we would really like haggis, nips and ties, yeah. and can we get uh, Lewis and Annie to just say a few words about it? Yeah. 
and of course they were too shy. They're just young, eh? They were too shy. Yeah. So anyway, they went away. They come back on the Tuesday, but we're really, it was at the festival time, so we're absolutely heaving, and you were really, you weren't really wanting to make it. It was just a oh, bloody inconvenience. Yeah, anyway, so you were super busy. You know, aye, and they kept saying to me, "Can we get haggis and tatties?" And all they wanted to so eventually give them haggis and tatties, but there was maybe ten of them. Right. The only one, one bowl. The only one, one bowl of haggis and tatties, but there was ten people. They'd all the that oh, so in your restaurant's not that big, so of course ten people so, on that restaurant. So yeah. it's tough. We've got them outside. It's two, two, like the, three or four tables. To go outside, that's right. Aye. So we said, we put the table outside. We put it down outside, and. So the wee girls went away and they've got, they've got a flower and, and, and uh, they went away and bought parsley and all that and put it all around the haggis to make it look nicer when it's sitting in there. And uh, they bought a plant to sit on the table. Yeah. And then they've got that big silver screen thing to Ken so they're, they're, for the lighting and everything. Yeah. They've got a lighting guy, they've got a guy with a big boom and all that. Jeez, and then okay. The, so this the is guy like with a big the, deal. Aye, and the pretty presenter lasted. And this is all happening at your restaurant. This is outside. No, this is outside. Uh, the right, right there. Remember, we have seats in, in the summertime. So, but in the summertime, they've got their seats and it's full, and we've got all our tables and chairs and it's full. Yeah. So we'll manage to put a table aside for them. Uh, and they were filming your haggis. They were. Am I the interviewer of you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're sitting. Well, Josh, uh, Lewis, we need to do that. And Annie, when they did it, they were too embarrassed. So I said, I'll come out and get So, because uh, I'm in my mark, I've got it. Yeah. So, I'll go to say to them, and, then, and I'll go to this one, and say, can you, can you just say a few things about the English? I went, what, 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 how do you think contacts is lovely? I know I have to put scones. Scones. Yeah. A couple of scones as well. So, they wanted the scones with cream and jam and butter. Right, right, right. Explain to them, we didn't eat cream, because that's an English way. Uh, and uh, I think they wanted a breakfast, but we were only getting them another breakfast as well because the neighbour was going to eat it and it was just like. So eventually we're sitting with them and the wee lads didn't we? So she said, I want you to say this uh, uh, Edinburgh scones or Scottish scones are much, much, this, she was, this is what she said, are much, much better than English scones. Like, that's what I was to say. And you're like, so yeah, I've said that, I've said that, i that. And they went, can you say it again? I went, I've seen it fucking ten times. <laughs> I've not seen it anymore. What what do you know understand when I'm saying it? This is cut for the uh, I mean And they wanted it like ten takes so they could get the perfect take uh, uh, for the, yeah, for the uh, show. Yeah. I mean, right, and, that, and I said that's times. me finished, I'm not doing any of scones. Well I thought we're here to do the haggis. I said, we're heaving. I said, I've no got time to be in here for out here for you. I'm doing this as a favour because they two are too shy. Yeah. And of course I've got all these people watching me now. Get all them sitting out there. You're filming, you went to Big Field, you got the mics, you got I, the cameras. And most of them are English. And I'm fucking trying to run the English doing about the scones and the thing they say. So, anyway, go to Haggis. Can you say anything about the Haggis? I went, well, Haggis is Scottish traditional dish, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. And it's the same again. This is, a, this is another thing. They're getting this thing right to try and get the light on my face to try and make me look thin and gorgeous. <laughs> but you already are, right? Oh, I was no, going to say, they didn't have to do very much. Nothing at all. Easy. They didn't even need that light. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we've done all this, done all this carry on and that's it finished. Thank Christ. Yeah. So, they'll give us the plan and we'll pay for the haggis and all that. Just beat it. You've been here. They say to us it would only be, it would only take like half an hour. I had to like stop it and go and cook and then go back and it was, it took forever. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and, anyway, and this is the God's honest truth. I know you'll not believe it. A couple of days later, a couple of days later, a wee girl came in. Now, it must have been a week or two later. Yeah. I'm saying a couple of days. It must have been a week or two later. And the wee girl came in. And this is how I would say to you, I was big in Japan. She would come in and she's laughing and smiling. And, and that she said, I know you from Japan. <laughs> You're big what? in Japan. <laughs> really? Honestly. <laughs> and so a customer came in and uh, said, like, oh, I recognize you You're big in Japan. <laughs> so you're famous in Japan. Uh, well, saying Scottish, no, no, no. Scottish scones are way better than English scones. <laughs> <laughs> About 200 times. Uh, I know. So I'm big in Japan. Maybe they're all we in Japan. Eh? <laughs> Well, I think that is a perfect story to introduce these two guys to to the world. And um, wow, well, welcome to Oyster World Radio, guys. Um, Love it. And, that was a good one. Um, well, I met these two. Well, I met you guys in in your in your little cafe on High Street in the Royal Mile of Edinburgh, Scotland. And it's the, the thistle, the thistle shop, the thistle stop, thistle stop cafe. The fis, this, I can't say it. I'll say, stop. I'll say it. I'll say it. Sorry, the thistle stop cafe. The thistle stop cafe. There Thank we you are. Because I am obviously terrible at pronouncing. The the, the thistle stop cafe. Maybe one more, and I'll be able to say it correctly. <laughs> it's really the good. Well, thank you guys for coming on the show, and I think it was really interesting how we met at the same time. You you thought I was lost. Yeah, uh, I thought, so I thought you, you were lost. Yeah, your cafe is in a back alley. It's off the, it's off the main stretch where all the tourists usually go about their own business, paying the, the, uh, the performances and whatever centaurs are on the Royal Mile. <laughs> and I came in, wandered down your back alley into the, the basement of the, the cafe, yep. and you guys legitimately thought I was lost. Yeah, it's not often that we um, we get customers in on their own, eh? It's usually two. Uh, multiple. You never really get people on their own. That's right, because I was by myself. Yeah, I, yeah. Just I, just said, I said to him, he's a hobo command. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was I dressed that bad? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised about that. I've been traveling for, uh, for a little bit too I'm long. Sorry, I'm, I'm actually wearing the same jacket, too. I wear the same thing every single day. It's kind of sad. It saved in the washing, eh? Well, you wash it when you can, you know, in a sink here and there. Maybe with a little rainwater coming off the roofs. I'm homeless after all. So. Well, you're a couch surfer. Yeah, exactly. I'm a couch surfer. So I wasn't lost. You weren't lost. I, you I just luckily found the right place at the right yep, time. Yeah, just in search of a good Scottish breakfast. Just good Scottish breakfast. And if anyone hasn't had a good Scottish breakfast, you need a good Scottish breakfast because I think it might be one of my fa- favorite breakfasts I've had. Really? Yeah. It's definitely better than the English breakfast. By a yeah, mile. The, By a mile. I always like. I, I'm a big lover of beans. I do love oh, beans. But something about haggis, and a lot of people don't know what haggis is. So what is it? What exactly is haggis? It's a little animal that runs about after sea. Yeah. <laughs> and it's got four legs. <laughs> He's laughing already. Yeah. It's got four legs. Two. Two are shorter than the other, but on the opposite side of you, they have the body. So it's got one long front leg, one short front leg, mm. one long back leg, and one short back leg for the side of the mountain. So it just constantly runs in circles. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Ah, you never seen no, a haggis? I never did. Did you ever know it, that? A haggis is an animal. Aye, it runs a bit up the sea. I'm surprised you never seen any of that. No, I didn't, I didn't never even know what a haggis was. They didn't do wild haggis. They didn't the farm them now. Huh. Take it today, but they do. They have like they have one little little short little legs on the, the, the right no. side, so they just ah, constantly run around. Running around in circles, yeah. They're almost like 
Yeah. 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 You're laughing. I feel like he's messing with me. No, 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 no. It's like a little. It's like a yeah, a big guinea pig that runs in circles. Yeah. Now we're fucking with you. I was gonna say that sounds like the stupidest thing. You're supposed to be quite an intelligent guy, eh? You're an engineer. I thought it was. And you didn't need to do a show. Yeah, but I don't know where I am. I don't know. I think whiskey's done your hidden son. No, I've done a lot of whiskey too. I'm not gonna lie. Rob will tell you what haggis really is. Haggis says. When I was a boy, uh, only 20 years ago. If only. <laughs> when I was a lad, my dad used to. Uh, my dad was involved in the slaughterhouse, and he got me a job as 13 or 14 year old laddie in a butcher shop. Yeah. And I used to help the other guy make haggis. And haggis is the innards of the sheep. Mm. But we have just realised recently. I'll tell you my story how you make haggis properly. Okay. It's made the lamb. Yeah. But it's the inner, so it's uh, the lung, heart now and again, but it's all that. It's no liver or heart, that, because that's too expensive. That gets used for other things. Ah, okay. So it's, we call it lights, it's the lungs and things like that. Yeah. It's no rubbish that it goes into, it's it's proper food. Oh, yeah, it's delicious. Anyway, it it gets mixed up with oatmeal, pepper, salt, and all that, and spices. It's all mixed together. And then it's put into, now it's put into plastic. Yeah. It used to be, it goes through the mincer, it goes into the sausage machine and then it gets put into the skins. Yeah, so it's almost like a, a sausage, but instead of but the bigger. meat or ah. leftover meat, it's, it's the one. And now, the old, oh, it's the spices, yeah. No, the intestines. No, the intestines. Oh, no, no, Nothing like that. It's no crap. It's, it's no is it just lungs then? It's, it's, it's bits and pieces of other things. But, and then now and again, liver, now and again, heart. It all depends what what they're going to do yeah. but it's no it's no nothing rubbish yeah. uh, and then as I say to you it goes in the sausage machine and they put it into the skins which people always think that, that like a haggis is like that that size for talking to right. it's a, a sheep's stomach it's no the stomach it's other bits and it's Anyway, yeah, because the outer casing used you to never eat that yeah. that's just, just that's, that's because we never had plastic right. 300 years ago right. and that was the only thing that could stuff it in yeah uh, so it was the only thing that could keep it in that sauce. So I get that. Aye, that's, uh, that's right. And then it goes into a boiler, gets boiled, gets boiled up. So you could actually eat haggis raw in the sense you could cut the skin and eat it because it's cooked. Yeah. And that's what and I got you. Okay, so that makes sense. So it's not a stupid little guinea pig that runs around no, the mountain sideways and. <laughs> You're the <laughs> stupid guinea pig. <laughs> Especially after a couple of beers, I turned into a stupid old guinea pig. I guess that's so the American in me. I think that's what I'm What I was going to say to you about Americans, this is just this is no because you're sitting in front of me. They're the most, most of them, know them all, but most of them, the most pleasant people and polite people that I've ever met compared yeah. to Europeans. You're 100% above Europeans. Really? Is there an example that you can think of? Oh. Just everybody, I'm actually surprised there's much trouble in America. Because yeah. even young ladies that come over here, it's yes sir, thank you sir, that was a pleasure sir. And they're all like that, and they're all like that. There's very few Americans, that, don't get me wrong. There are a few. Yeah. There will be, and you get the, the cheeky ones in there. Mostly older people than, than younger people. Yeah. Because most young people that come here from, if they're 
the schools playing basketball or netball or whatever. They, uh, they're really pleasant, really pleasant people. And yeah. almost every American tips, yeah. they all leave the laddies, again, the, the, the waiting staff. They all leave the waiting staff for tips. Whereas Europeans, see if, 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 if they laddies will, if, we, if that was their life to try and, and then they get a wage, yeah. just for Europeans, they would, they would get nothing. Yeah. They wouldn't make anything. Yeah, it's um, it, it is a is a big culture in the U.S. The, the tip because you you get nothing as a wage in the U.S. It's tips only. So well, why is what you actually just get nothing? Or is it, it like a it's, base? It's like four dollars an hour, three. Oh right, is that what the date? Uh, you live off the tip. The tips is your actual salary. That's why everyone's uh, so nice. That's why everyone's so nice. <laughs> but yeah, no, but yeah. can't eat if they're waiting tables without tips in the U.S. Uh, yeah. Of course, yeah. No, but the American people, most of them are really nice people. Eh? No, no, that's really nice. That's really, it makes me happy to hear that because, especially in the U.S., I feel like we have problems where we, we stereotype ourselves as the worst travelers in the world. And, you know, there's some truth to, to some people. We order cheeseburgers about everywhere that we go. Uh, you know, uh, but that's only because you're looking for something that you know you can eat or think you can eat, isn't it? There's nothing worse than going to a, in a cafe. Because yeah. remember, we'd have a cafe, we'd know a restaurant, eh? nothing wants to come to a cafe thinking, Christ, I wouldn't imagine eating that or eating that, so we'll just get something that, no, we'll get something that, that, that at least it should taste something like what we're like, eh? yeah, I understand, I mean, but, uh, yeah, we do put that stereotype on ourselves, so it just makes me feel very good that, you know, maybe we aren't the worst, maybe yeah. we're a little bit more friendly. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. you know who's quite, uh, I know that off you're it's Canadians, eh? Canadians really tip. Oh, yeah, the thing is, over there, tipping is pretty much well, compulsory. Family, huh? you, you, pretty much compulsory in Canada. Yeah. Ten, fifteen percent. If you don't, if you don't leave it, then it's like so proper frowned upon. Oh, is that the same then? Is it Canadian? No. Uh, the the is, Canadians by themselves have are the, one of the nicest groups of people I've ever met in my life. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Even, I've never met an angry Canadian person. Hey, this is this was the one time. This was so funny. Well, what about that guy that was getting chased with a beer? I was a wee bit raging. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly ruined his afternoon. <laughs> Slightly ruined his afternoon is exactly the right way to say it. All right, are they, are they really normal, quite nice? Oh, yeah, well, I was in Toronto and I met this guy at this bar, ex-military guy, kind of like a harder dude. And he comes over to us and he's like, oh yeah, like, I, I could tell that you guys were Americans. So it was me and a couple of my buddies in Toronto. And like, oh yeah, we... Um, we love Americans over here and, and stuff. And he's talking about that stereotype that all Canadians are nice. It's complete bullshit. <laughs> and we're like, like, okay, he was very adamant. He's like, no, we're we're all not nice. Most of us are very hard people, like myself included. I'm from the military. Would you guys like a shot? How about a drink? And now he's buying his drinks. They are. I don't care. I don't. So he kind of. Uh, contradicted so, his whole argument. Contradicted his whole argument well, because he's like, no, we're, of course we're not night, but would you like a drink? Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I can count the number of times that someone's bought me a drink on my hand. Uh, right, uh, <laughs> well, that, uh, they didn't like being called American, but in saying that, they're Canadians. So if you say to them, well, are you American? No, oh, I'm a Canadian. They get to be maple badge. Yeah. Yeah, the same way, that, same way that someone... Hate, like yeah. if you just came over and say, and he's English, well, we hate being called English. Right. I hate the whole talk because like, oh, we're speaking English. Like, no, Aye. nah, well, nah. Well, no, we're not. Scotland and English have a huge rivalry going back to yeah. the Civil War days oh. and things like that, right? So is there still, obviously there's still a little bit of... Nah, just a wee bit. Like, well, I'm married to an English woman. What's that? I'm married to an English woman. 
Yeah. My mother in law's English and my father in law's English. Oh, yeah? I killed them all. <laughs> As a true Scotsman, yeah. <laughs> no, I am. My wife's English in Manchester. Yeah, from Manchester. Okay, so where, where were you born in Scotland, or were you? Aye. So were you born in Edinburgh? Edinburgh. Born in Edinburgh. And uh, so you were a really true native, like true native, true local of Edinburgh. So your your mom was English, and then your stepdad was English. No, who's this guy? Is your ears broken? No, his wife. His wife's English. Oh, your wife. wife. Oh. You know, it's the beers talking. <laughs> <laughs> no. So you were born here, but you you married a, an English girl. I went to work in England and I met her in Dinner. Yeah. Uh, but I'd say that I've been married three times. So. I've got an Australian wife, a Scottish wife, and an English wife. Which one was the best? <laughs> the <last one? laughs> None of them. None of them? <laughs> and I work, I work now in the cafe yeah. with my first wife, yeah. who I was maybe about 16 years old. Yeah. Uh, and I could kill her quite easily. I'm telling you. Really? Oh, okay. Well, so how, how did the, the Thistle Star Cafe start? Where, was this an idea of yours? Was it? It was. What had happened, we, uh, my, daughter and, my daughter and her mother, we were having a conversation one day in my wife's, or my ex-wife's shop. She was a dog groomer. Yeah. And she said to me, Rabbi, I hate this. And I'm a plasterer. I'm a, I've worked in the building game all my life. Yeah. Uh, she says, you don't fancy doing something that get you to the building game and it'll be easier than this. What about a cafe? No, what about a taxi? I went, I don't fancy a taxi driver. What about a cafe? I went, mean, cafes are, to get a cafe in a decent place. Yeah, Oh, fine. See, what you get a cafe, you make £10 or £20 a day. Because there only be cafes, they get 10 people in and they make that set. Yeah. And it just so happened that my son-in-law spoke to the guy who used to have this cafe. Yeah. And he had said to him, I know where a great big cafe is, but I'll not get it. You'll have to speak to Bindi Singh. Yeah. Uh, who owns it is the Indian guy who owns all the shops, as I told you. Uh, the, the Tartan shops, like all the Scottish tourism shops. Every shop in the Hat Royal Melbourne owns them. Yeah. Him and his brother-in-law. So it's either a gold brother or a bin, or a sing that owns all the shops. Right. Whiskey Trail, whatever, yeah. is owned by them. So anyway, Big Dave spoke to Bindi yeah. and we ended up in here. And that so it was just like by chance oh, you got this great location? Uh, 100%. And was that what made you pull the trigger and say... Yeah, okay, cafe, cafe is the way to go, or I need to change? Well, I was, I'm getting, my knees are really bad. I've got new knees and I've got knee replacements. Yeah. And the bonding game's a hard game to be in when you get to 60. Right. So, uh, and we thought we'll try it. And it's a family thing. Yeah. Well, I'd say that, it's a family thing. I'm, I'm the outsider, really. Because my ex-wife's there, and she doesn't, she did, she, although she wanted to be involved with me at the time, and she, we didn't talk. We we had we didn't any speaking here. Yeah. We fell out. But it's my daughter and, and my grandson, my granddaughter. It's a family-run cafe. It's just uh, a family at war. Family <laughs> war. Family war. Yeah. Family and friends. And then all of a sudden, six years later, you're still, still here. Still there. Aye. Yeah. And. Yeah. 
man, it's still one of the best breakfasts I've had in a long time. <laughs> so. Now, for us being inexperienced, because none of us are chefs, well, I'm the only cook anyway, me and my dog. Yeah. And all the laddies and all the girls that have came in, majority of them have quite liked it, eh? Mm-hmm. And majority of them are really nice, and we've all had a good time. We make money, no fortunes, but we make money. The kids have a whip. Now and again, we have a really good time. It's only very seldom that it's pretty shitty. Eh? Mm-hmm. Right. Like today, when you were when you when you were a bit hungover, yeah. Full house, uh, nonstop. Uh, yeah. Even even then, like it's like it's. It's only alright because I was here. If she had been here, it would be horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's one of them places that you, you don't have that sort of oh like shit I've got to go to work. It's one of them like you can get through it no matter what nick you're in. Yeah, and you can go and you can have a good time and it's yeah. it's YouTube, it's been YouTube. He genuinely cracks me up all the time. Well, yeah, I mean, it's so funny. It, it, the small amount of time I've spent with this guy, it's always been laughs, <laughs> nonstop. Well, part of life, eh? Christ, I mean, it's a long time deed, son, eh? So you you got to have a bit of fun in life, eh? Yeah, you got to. Otherwise, you're gonna go crazy. I mean, I've worked in horrible places all my life, and took this turn of something yesterday, being in the older game in some shitty jobs. Like what? Like what kind of shitty jobs do you have to go through? Oh. Just, well, click, clock it in again, clock it out, being in a job all day. The job I was telling me about the other week there, we had to go to a job, it was in the winter time, say like some buildings like that, but we're renovating all these old buildings. Yeah. Uh, and we couldn't get any water up until we were working. So, so we had to still go to work. Yeah. And we did it with the, the, the joiners, we put the boards on. So all, we, all me and my mate's job was to plaster. Yeah. But you can't plaster so unless job. you've got water. So you need yeah. water to mix your plaster. It was too cold to mix. And any time you did get a wee break. Because the water would freeze. Freeze. Yeah. Uh, and then your plaster would freeze. Yeah. So, so we used to come to work in the morning, cooking, go into the the room that we were supposed to do plaster and set about and it would be absolutely freezing. So we used to sneak away and go to the pub. Yeah. We did. <laughs> but because, it was, because the water was frozen, uh-huh. you can't do anything uh-huh. anyway. And then sneak back and then go and cloak out. Yeah. But we were spending more money, we were, we, were, we were getting more wages, but we were spending it on the pub. We were spending it all on the pub, yeah. And then getting paid for people was crap. I mean, the building game, it's... Plus it's hard, hard work, I mean, this is a... Oh yeah, this, this, is, a not, this is no desk this is a, job, this is manual this is labor, you have build things. And the cafe is great, and it's fun, you go a laugh and a joke majority of the time. Yeah. Uh, and you go speaking to new people almost, uh, sometimes you can't, well sometimes I don't even, don't even say hello to a customer because you just get that... You're just so busy, you're just, you're just can't be bothered. Moving. And sometimes you get pulled onto a Japanese TV show. Well you that's right. <laughs> So Josh, how did you enter the equation? When did you start working? I started working, was it last summer? Well, how old are you now? 18 now? 18 now. Well, you were 17 yeah. yeah, so basically, my brother is best pals with Rab's grandson. Yeah. So his daughter, uh, Emma, pretty much runs the cafe. Yeah. And it's her son and he's best pals with my brother. So Lewis has been working, Lewis worked there, was it the last two or three years? Three years now. Three years now. So Lewis had been working there three years. Yeah. And they needed an extra hand. So then Lewis was like, oh, like Josh. He, he's yeah. telling a bit of lies. His brother didn't actually want him in. Yeah. Because his brother would rather have tried to do the shifts. Yeah. Rather than him, because he didn't want him to get the money. Right. Because he wanted the money. Uh, yeah. 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 Really? Aye. <laughs> he didn't tell me that. No, I was going to say that to Mark. I was tell him that. But we did, you say, we'll get Josh in. Oh, I'll maybe manage that. No, we'll get you. No, I'll be able to do that. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be. You care what he's like. No. 
So what, what do you think about this? Obviously, the cafe has been a, a, a success. People are in and out of the place all the time. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of international travelers coming, enjoying. Especially, especially during the, the festival, time. like genuinely, people will be waiting outside, and as soon as there's a table free, they'll run to it and sit down. Yeah, like, that's great. And is this um, what is this time you're like compared to the other times that you've been working? Obviously, going through the more of the shitty jobs as well. And you said it's fun. It's more of like a family. Well, setting. Is this is this something that you want to continue? Because I know at least people in the U.S. that think of work until about 65 and then they're done. They're out. Then what, what does this mean to you? What does the cafe mean to you? I wish I could give you a steady fight. I'd imagine. Well, I'd imagine I'll be working till I'm 75. Never lived that long. Yeah. Uh, I do think there's, there's no many people that can afford to. Plus, always, when I was younger, 65 was the retirement age, right? The retirement age in, in Britain is now later. Yeah. I'm now going to have to retire when I'm 67. Yeah. Or 60, I 67. I've just missed the 65. When I was younger, most people who, who did make, in the bowling game, maybe they made 65. Yeah. We all died before it. it was just, you just never made 65. As soon as you retired or, or couldn't you work because you couldn't, it was too physical. Right. You died. And truthfully, you died. You just died. And anybody who did manage to make 65 would be 66 when they died. Yeah, so you <laughs> just really didn't even make it that far. You didn't that, really have to worry about retirement. That's right, didn't you? And now that the government's realised that, my God, everybody's running to their 90 now. That money that they're putting into their, to their, their pension isn't working anymore. We've not got enough money to pay anybody anymore. Yeah, because no one, everyone's uh, uh, dying before least, they get to the At least before, before we never used to have to even give them their pension. Now when they, they get their pension, we've got 30 years to, you know, yeah. no quite, but at least 20 years on top of what they used to have their pay. So what, 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 what do you think people were, were dying at 65? Just because of workload? Was it, 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 is the culture and here just the, also well, more just back when Rab was a, a young man, well obviously the healthcare and that wasn't as good. Sanitation in Edinburgh probably. Because for us, that's a big issue right now mm -hmm. is the healthcare. Yeah, you, you don't have an NHS. Like, well, yeah, it's all, pri all privatised, isn't it? Yeah, so it's all privatised. But what, what, what is the system here? No, I'm saying that. We still pay, we pay national insurance money, right? Off your wages, you get, you get taxed and then you get your national insurance money off your money. Yeah. No, lots of money, like, but they still take it. Uh, and that's to pay for your pension and for your, your health care. Yeah. But our healthcare now is, is very terrible in the sense that there's we've got too many people living in Britain now. Mm -hmm. And for you to get a, an appointment with a doctor, you'd be dead or better by the time you got your appointment. Yeah. Because so it's, it's just like it took so long to get people right, right. there and you'd be, right. you'd be dead. You'd be uh, dead you would, before you get through to the for three days before you get through to the receptionist. And then she says, what is it? What's the problem? You tell the receptionist, she thinks she's a bloody doctor. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, well, we'll get the doctor to phone you back. And he phones you back, right, I'll come, you can come and see me in two weeks' time. And by that time, it could be well, way too late. I know. <laughs> I, I, and it never used to be like that. Although, like Josh, you said, our national health service was doing great then. It was, I think it was maybe better than what it is now, being honest, because at least your, do or your doctor would come and see you. Yeah. They guys are work, are they, they all work loads of hours now. I mean, yeah. the, the story they is, got so many work people. Eight hours and now, a junior doctor, I mean, they work 
unbelievable. I mean, yeah. And but, but have you have you left here to go to the accident emergency? We wouldn't see you for another four days, you know. No. You'd be sitting in the waiting room. Jeez, with my my leg broken somewhere and like bleeding out, and then they wouldn't see me for four days. I don't know if, they, if breaking away for you is going to be any better for us, but because I think it's too late. There's too many people. The food sounded really terrible. And, We've well, got too many people in. We're we're ruined that way. But mostly people who are coming here are well, coming for a new life yeah, to, to try and better themselves. And you shouldn't really stop anybody trying to better themselves because that's not very fair. I'd be like, look, we can have one and all that. Like people. So you should never ever stop. But you do get people who are, who are just making ass out of Right, and there's always going to be those people no matter where you go, whatever country. It makes both people. But it people. also sounds like Scotland has a very strong tradition. I've really noticed that here as well. As, I mean, like the, the Scottish people were very proud of their heritage, very proud of their country. Of course, we are. We're too really known. We are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, without really knowing you or anything. And I don't think we shove it in people's throats, really. But yeah. we, I mean, you've got to remember we before all this atrocities that happened. Now Scotland is one of the the, the most downtrodden. Uh, people in the world. I mean, the English tried to wipe us out. All these, uh, the Highlanders used to be very overpopulated. All the Highlands. Yeah. Then they were all, all the people were thrown off the land to put sheep on. I mean, oh yeah. So it, it, there's, there's nothing up in the Highlands now where, where it's full of people, or villages and all that. All just just kind of wiped out. Ah, kind of yeah. Yeah. And oh, so the. I, I guess there was a time too where you guys went through a very dark period too. Oh, we threw it down. I mean, if you, we threw it down and bringing us down to a terrible thing. It was, I mean, it must have been a horrible, Scotland must have been a terrible place to live when they were under English rule. Yeah, and the more I learn about the city too, it's a very dark history. Oh, Edinburgh is a very, very dark history. It's very beautiful, but at the same time, there's a lot of bad things that happened here. And maybe that's part of why it's. The pride comes in, or the um, and another the, thing, the always Russian, because you're survivors at the same time. Aye, and I mean, always English will always say that uh, the Scottish people are uh, tight as anything. Any uh, relief that, that they look on the telly, can you give money to Afghanistan? Can you give money to Africa? Mo the most money that comes is for Scotland. Yeah, we get we dip in our, we get in our pocket and dip and give loads, of, we give millions and millions and millions. So, because uh, Scotland's got a name for Scottish people being tight, and we're not tight. Yeah. We're, we're friendly and, and we buy you drinks, talk is coming out here. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting to, to watch it too because, uh, of course, we have we have our own stereo well, the stereotypes of Scotland, of course, were kilts and, and, and backpipes, and a lot of people actually don't know about the history of this place. And, you know, you guys are survivors under English rule. There's the whole civil war that was very, very bloody, and you guys have endured a lot, though, even a little bit that I've... I've learned about the city through some. I, I really enjoy haunted tours and they're talking oh, about the dark yeah. tours and, and how they were killing people for bodies for like medical uh, research and <laughs> some really bad shit that happened here. <laughs> and that you know, must have it, happened all over the way, really. Yeah, it was. It was a while. Although ago. we were quite. Um, uh, well, obviously, right, the Scottish doctors and surgeons were the best in the world, but they could get bodies quite easily. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, they ran out. Did you they, know? They, they, you they, know? they had a lot of bodies very easily, and then they ran out of the bodies, so they started That's killing right. people. That's uh, right. So, you never went to surgeons all. So I've seen that. Yeah. Did yeah. you go to surgeons all? No. Um. Did you maybe not. All uh, right. There's a museum that you could have went in. 
and it shows you everything about it. Oh, I saw the outside, oh, but I haven't been inside. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay, uh, enough about that. I'm starting to get kind of drunk, so I'm starting to get off, a little bit off the rails a little bit. But uh, I, I want to learn more about um, what, what, what was life like? So you, you grew up here in Edinburgh. Well, I'll tell you a wee bit then, so that we can get a bit of When I was uh, a boy, I used to live in a place called Freer Street. And it was, it was a slum. Right? Yeah. But you never realised it was a slum until you were older, yeah. when you when you'd moved away from it, because everybody lived in the slum, and that's how you were. When you had holes in your trousers, holes in your shoes. Yeah. My toilet, we shared with six other families yeah. on a landing. So if, if this was a seer, six people, you had one toilet. Yeah. They bath. Yeah. So no bath no. and just. No lights in the stair. You went up and you felt you went, walked around like that yeah, until you folded your door. Yeah. Many a time you went past and you felt somebody who was standing waiting, waiting for somebody to come in. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, eight and ten people in in a room in the kitchen. Yeah. All sleeping in like beds, heads, uh, top and tail is what you called it. So you're always like that. Yeah. Just because you. I mean, like, families were, that's how you fit into it. Families were bit. big in the days, kind of, I mean, really, I mean, Catholic families were really big. Yeah. And a bed, a room and kitchen, it was like a living room. And it was, it was a, like a single bed apartment. Aye, aye. Uh, for an entire family. Yep. And that's a toilet all. outside. Yeah, so what, what was it like growing up? Uh, obviously, you say it was the slums, but what was the, what was the day, say you're 12 years old? And well, yeah, you have the whole day to yourself. Well, what, would, what would you do? Well, twelve-year-old was different because up until I was nine, they lived in a slum. Like, so you would play a bit places like this. They're all being done up. They're not. They're not like what they used to be. They're all twenty, thirty. Well, because I'm thinking I'm too young now to say. Uh, Forty years ago, fifty years ago, you could have bought one of these places for a hundred pounds. Yeah. Then you carry buy them for a million pounds. Wow. Okay. No, I'm being exaggeration. But, yeah, but but not very much. Aye. Yeah. Uh, you could have got them for a penny, because they were shit holes. Yeah. Uh, and my place, it was at Fountain Bridges, no, didn't know, uh, at Toll Cross. Well, no, well, it was called Toll, I used to go to Toll Cross School. Really? Uh, and I lived along for Toll Cross when that's all knocked away now, where, I, where my, my place was. There's a big fancy office building in it. There you just, everybody played in the streets and whatever. But I got a feeling, when I was nine year old, we got a brand new house. Yeah. The, the built green nights. The built. It sounds even like it's even nice green nights, yeah. And, it, and now that, and I'll tell you. Anyway, green nights, brand new estate, built out, out in the sticks. Yeah. Uh, so we have moved from the middle of the town to green nights. This said we all had a bedroom, three bedrooms, a kitchen, a living room, with French windows. So that was a big deal for oh, you, uh, obviously. Oh, so uh, you, you came from the slums. You would never ever playing get in the streets. You would never won the pools or the lottery. Yeah. You wouldn't get that feeling. Because this was just a brand new house. You would never get that. You can wooden floorboard, brand spanking new, just finished, moved into it. What was your mindset? Obviously, you came from a place where your, your family was sleeping but we didn't, so head to but toe. You, and then as, even at nine years old, you probably, what the, but this not, is amazing. Because everybody that you piled about with his family lived like that. 
Yeah. Nobody had nothing. So nobody had nothing. You didn't go with, like, I didn't go with Josh, she didn't think, oh, Chris, he's got a great house, because his house was exactly the same as my house. Yeah. And everybody in the street was like that. You used to have to go and take your bin to the bottom of the street. Yeah. And at the bottom of the street was a rubber mill, two big doors of the rubber mill. And it used to ooze all your shite into the into the drain. It wouldn't be, can, all yeah. the white rubber shite that was, used to go into the, just the drains. Yeah. You stepped over that, went and put your bin into the big bin, and there was hundreds of rats. Can that was how you lived, truthfully. Wow. And I'm talking about, like, well, the 50s and 60s, that's what it was like. But yeah, the, the 50s and 60s, it's, it wasn't that long ago. No, it's no. And then you... Yeah, and it was everybody a very drastically different, different life than, ah, <laughs> of course, yeah. I lived in a lot had of nothing. people in the US. Well, I'm not saying you had nothing, because we never thought you had, had nothing. And that's what we are saying to you before, like, and further back, haggis, neeps and tatties, mince and tatties. And when you made mince, you used to put a thing called a, a doughboy in it, which was just a big dollop of bloody suet yeah. pudding. Yeah. You used to go in the mince and you would get a bit of that. And you, how many doughboys did you want? Well, you didn't want any because they were horrible. Yeah. But you would get two doughboys with your mince and tatties because all it done was fill you up. Yeah, because it was full, filling. And haggis, uh, and, and tatties was filling. That was, that's all that food. Our Scottish traditional food is all staunchy, starchy food to fill, to fill you. you to uh, fill you up because uh, you probably didn't have a lot. But didn't they? Uh, well, otherwise you never, as I'm saying again, that you never ever thought you didn't have a lot because he didn't have nothing either, so it didn't make any difference. Yeah. He just felt the same as everybody else. Everybody went to school, you were either, well, you weren't washed when you went to school. If you didn't wear long trousers, there were holes in them, or your yeah. shoes had holes in them. Your jumpers were, always had holes in the, in the, no, in the sky, yeah. always. I mean, it just, you mean, now when you think about it, you must have looked like a tramp. <laughs> we? we must have looked like, but that was how... Everybody that school the same. That I know. Not long ago in the city. I know. It, is it obviously this is built up now? When did that change? Was there a transition point? You remember it was all. This was always built up. This was always like. It's only now because of tourism makes this place look a bit better. This was always just full of. But like every every house there you would see yeah. would have like ten people in them. Yeah. So, so even now, do you? Is it really still the same? No, 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 no. So what, what, what was kind of transition out of that? So it seems like this is more of a more of a um, poor town. Oh, uh, so at least there are some really poor areas. And uh, oh, I was through a doubt. We really de deprived areas. Uh, I mean, you, oh, I really, really deprived. But again, is what I'm saying to you. You never thought you were deprived because everybody running about you was exactly the same. It was exactly the you same. You never seen anybody running about with shiny shoes or. Nice oh, right. so everyone had holes in the shoes. Everybody, everybody oh, had, had because the mum and dad didn't have any money. They would, or again, the only thing is pubs always thrived. Yeah. So your dad or that would, or everybody's mum and dad, they would be in the pub. Mum didn't drink, but people would be in the pub. Pubs were. We right, must, because it was a little escape from reality. Yeah, of course you know, it you'd go be. Go drink aye, a beer aye, with a couple aye, friends, aye. exactly like what we're doing. Aye, aye. And then just kind of forget about the world for a little while. Mm -hmm. And the pipe was only a penny. <laughs> oh man, this must have been the good days then. <laughs> uh, one in ten. I was telling just before. A pipe for me was one in ten. What is one in ten? Is that one pound ten? Two bob. Two bob? Mm. What's a bob? A shilling. <laughs> What's a shilling? I oh, know, see? How, how yeah, far away? I have no idea what a shilling oh, is either. Right.
Well, this is really great for me because, of course, I mean, I grew up in I mean, in the suburbs of a city, which in the U.S. is, is, is more. It, it's a comfortable life. It, it's probably not. Probably so not did you have, life did you have a big garden and things like that? Yeah, not not a huge garden. It's. Um, uh, I mean, I had a two-story house. But oh, me and my sister had our own bedrooms, of course, and. Um, our first house was small for American standards, but uh, of course, the, I mean, it's all new. It's not like an old city. Uh, right, up, right. So these houses are newer. They're, they were built in the 50s and 60s. Uh, right, right. Um, um, but still, like, at the same time, you know, there is uh, my friends were kind of in the upper class as well. So What did your dad do? My dad works for the Environmental Protection Agency. Oh. And for the US, so she, he helped clean, clean the water. Right. Is that what he's done all his, his days? Yeah, he, that was his one job. So, can yeah. you remember your granddad? Yeah. And what was he? He he was actually in he was actually in the U.S. Air Force during World War II. All right. And he started his own business as a, like a clothing store, like a men's clothing all store. All right. And it was modest money, you know. It, it was kind of like what you guys are doing now—a very close, like small shop. But, a lot of people come in and out, but not, nothing giant like aye, McDonald's aye, or anything aye. crazy like that. Hey, can you remember him? I was four when he was that when right. he died. So what about your your grand? Yeah, can my, you my grandma. Grand? She she died when she was in her nineties, so I got oh. a lot of time with my grandma, right. and she was on the. Now, was your grandma American? Yes. Was your granddad obviously was he American or German? Um, on my dad's side, he was. Um, Actually, my great grandfather was Polish Jewish, oh. and then he came over, and then my my did he escape? Was did he born. escape at the Nazi time? Yeah, so he was the only one. The other the other uh, fourth kind of got wiped out, uh, kind of got wiped out, and um, but he he survived. And then he my uh, my grandfather was born in New York. Oh, was he? Oh, yeah. All right, and they were soup. I mean, they would eat fish head soup. Great Depression times. Uh, uh, of course, uh, really really uh, terrible uh, times. Uh, um, I mean, for for our standards, and then uh, it was on my mom's side. My my grandpa, my mom's side, was um, thirteen when he was coerced into the German army. So him and his family were in the uh, oh, right. uh, uh, in Germany at the that's time. That's quite strange because it was both sides. Oh, this is even this is even stranger. So my my grandpa was uh, was a bombardier in the U.S. bomber, and so he would drop the bombs. He was, he was in airplanes. My my 13-year-old grandfather on my mom's side shot anti-air flat guns. Christ, I. So they, I don't think they ever met on the battlefield, but he shot anti-air guns. Hi. And my grandfather was on the plane. Christ, the mate. Yeah. <laughs> and no, here I am, not. some weird combination of the two, oh. of the two sides of Aye. the That's right, eh? Aye. That is mental. I know. And, and sure. even further back, as you see, the Jew in the pole. Yeah. How many escaped? Yeah, exactly. And of course, like my my grandpa, on my my mom's side has some crazy story. I mean, oh. he, the dude was thirteen, yeah. and they told him like you must fight or we're gonna kill uh, your family. No, that's right, aye, aye, that's right. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll fight. But after the war, he went into France because Germany was absolutely aye. devastated. Aye. Right? Went into France, a German in France at the time, probably not the best idea. No, no. He got he was smuggling cigarettes and toys and stuff. Aye. He got caught and. <laughs> He got caught squeaking a toy on the train because he was—he's a little bit of an asshole, like I am. Oh! The guards were walking around. He's squeaking this toy. They finally caught him one day and put him into the French Imperial Force. 
So they, right. it's the retake, the colonies and stuff. All right, all right. And he escaped. He deserted. And he told me one time, it was the one time he ever told me about his escape. Because if they'd see you deserting, they'd shoot you. Hi. On sight. No Aye. problem. And he was under a bridge when the French guard walked over the bridge and then scurried over and took off into the woods and escaped. Oh, and after that, it's like, fuck it, I'm going to America. <laughs> I Aye. can't deal with Aye. this shit anymore. Did he sound, um, I, mean, I know this sounds terrible, but did he sound American or did he still have his German twang? Still had a German, a lot Aye. of German accent. Yeah. So I'm kind of upset because I wanted them to speak German to me. But they only spoke English to me, and then uh, my, right, my uh, grandmother and my grandpa would always speak German between each other. Uh, right, uh, so the bickering was always in German, and then, uh, uh, of course, like uh, to us, the grandkids, they would always uh, speak English. But it's, a, it, it's funny to me because, um, I mean, it doesn't matter exactly where you're from, you, you face hard times. Uh, see, I think the world in the 80s was a, would have been a horrible place to have been. Although, I do, like, as I say, back to these programs, America's always looked idyllic. No big really? cities and that, but like, what we're talking about, like, Idaho and Iowa. They've looked to me idyllic, some lovely place. But in saying that, when you look at the black and white killies uh, <laughs> for Britain in the, in the 30s and 40s, or the th 20s and 30s, they look the same. Yeah. And, then, and yet, when you think about well, the First World War, I mean, all the people that died in that was unbelievable. I mean, there were whole cities where you took me Yeah, an entire generation. Oh, we villages just lost everybody because they don't go away that long. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting how, I mean, like we, especially right now, like the political atmosphere and all these kind of white nationalists rising up in, uh, in the U.S., is, it seems like a really hard time for us. And we kind of forget that a lot of countries have struggled in the same way. Um, but also on like a personal level too, is there ever a time, well, I can open this question up for both of you guys, is there a time that you really felt you were really, like what was a really dark time in your life, something that you were really struggling with? Well, hopefully he's not had any struggling yet because he, uh, yeah, so he's 18, he has a lot of life ahead of him. Uh, his mom and dad have been hard workers all their days, so he's, and his granddad and granddad are the same, so. I don't think Josh or his brother, his mum and dad have looked after them well. Yeah, I've not experienced anything. Many Josh, there's something, there's something really cool about that. I mean, uh, for, for some people, you know, a bad breakup is like a really hard time. Yeah, for yeah. me, it was a really hard time. Graduating college was really <coughs> hard for me because it opens up this world of unknown that I've never really had before. Oh, aye, aye. Right. Hey, but do you, do you think you were sort of modicuddled then? Were you kept in a wee bubble? I wasn't in the beginning. When I got to college, not so much because well, it, it's, you get your grades on your own. You know? Ah, of course. But at, at the same time, I, I don't think our education system does a very good job of preparing us for the real world. Uh, I don't think it does anyway. So, honestly, I don't, I don't think here it does either. I mean, there's things that I think you should be taught that none of you are taught. And no. Yeah. Not like taught, not, not taught about finance, mortgages, oh, yeah, like bank yeah, payments. Yeah. Instead, we're taught Latin and how to oh, say yeah, that yeah. some guys walked into the living room. It's like, why do we need that? <laughs> right, but then the important things that we face every day. Exactly. Sometimes right. we don't get it, and some people get really screwed, right. really, really, really badly. But 
So I mean, but at the same time, it kind of when I ask this question to a lot of other people, they have something off the top of their head. It's 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 kind of different for me to see. Well, I, both you guys are like, you know, well, life, life's good. <laughs> life, life's okay. I got married. At, I just turned eighteen. Just turned eighteen. Just got turned eighteen. The first time. I was. I'd been with her since I was sixteen. I thought I was a man. I thought I knew everything. Uh, worked hard. Got a house. Had a kid quite. I had a kid when I was twenty. Yeah. And once again, I just, just you just had to get on with it. So I never, although it was maybe hard, I never thought nothing of it. You just had to go to work. Yeah. I mean, I work maybe longer hours or, or more now than I worked when I was young. I mean, I work seven days a week. Yeah. Almost every fucking day of the week, every week of the year. Yeah. When I when I was in the building game working for myself in the, when I was 40. When I would be 40, that would be my best time for money. Yeah. I went to work in London and I had more money than Donkey Could Shine. Yeah. Just Especially someone that you grew up with not a lot of money, so Aye. having that, you're just, wow, yeah, I really appreciate it. I never no, yeah. fucking drank it. You just, I wouldn't say that I appreciate the money. You still worked hard, but you were able to make more money than what you would. I've always worked sort of hard. So in London, I worked hard, but no as hard as I worked in Edinburgh, and I wrote fucking four times the money or whatever you got killed. I think you always see black times and hard times. And I think always the hardest times if you've not got any money. I mean, if you're out of work and you've not got any job, I mean, that's, that's yeah. obviously the hardest time in your life. Eh? I wouldn't say I've had lots of black times. Even the good times are Shan. That's what you say. Yeah. Shan means crap. <laughs> Even the good times are crap. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, there, there's something beautiful about the mindset it's uh, I feel especially a lot of people in my generation it's, it's such a roller coaster ride you, you ride these major highs and but with the lows are like super low but uh, from what from what you just said it seems you know the good times are good the bad times when you had to work were bad but you're comfortable with it and throughout you weren't that I didn't know. it was just what it was it's well, obviously as I say Josh is just a young lad but I think uh, I think young kids now look like they're all clued up. They're not the same as what I was when I was a young lad. Like an 18 year old lad is, although that's maybe a lie because they're, they're contradicting myself. Because when I was 18 I was married and I thought I was a man. But when I was 15 and that, I think I was a bit more, I certainly didn't feel like a man. But uh, but I think like Josh's age and laddies and that, they seem to have a better look on life than what Although I can't drink it myself again, because I don't think I ever thought that life was shite. Shite now, but it's no way, uh, it wasn't then, I don't think. Well, it's certainly shite now, and then I can't drink myself. Because I've I've been married three times. Uh, I married a young, quite a young woman when I was 42 years old. I've got three kids. I've got four kids. My daughter's 40 odds. Yeah. I've got five grandkids through my daughter. Yeah. But I've got another life completely because I've got three laddies now. My oldest is 21 and my youngest is 15. Yeah. And it's, it's a different. I bring the three of them up myself. I've split with my wife. But I, up until recently, I, I got on well with my three wives. Yeah. I didn't get on well with my wife that I work in there, but that's because I work with her. Yeah. And I think maybe I've done the work with her. 
well, we wouldn't speak, but it doesn't matter. But I work with her now and it makes life hard. For, but right. my two other wives, I got a great with. I still see them all. I got a great with. But I mean, I've brought my laddie up. My, well, I brought my three laddies up. But I brought my my youngest one was eight year old when me and my wife slept. So uh, if it was a dark side, that would be it. Trying to get through that, but. Yeah, and it seems I know I don't know if a lot of people could could take that. It seems like you have such like an even demeanor about a really hard time in your life. What 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 makes you get through it? Do you have a certain mindset of you know is it, this, this is just the way it is? I I feel like that I, might. No, I honestly don't know. I don't know whether. Well, one you got to remember I'm a sixty, nearly sixty-three year old guy. Yeah. Life is totally different for me. I mean, I takes very. I didn't get angry. You just look at things. That I do honestly. I just look at things in a totally different way. If you're asking me this question, when I was 42, it'd be a totally different. But certainly, when you get older, you just sort of see life in a different way. I mean, I wouldn't share with anybody anymore. I mean, I never share with my kids. Yeah. If they do something wrong, they do something wrong. What well, it's done? What the fuck are you going to do about it? Right, right, you can't, right, right. You can't rectify it. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Just like you can't me, take that back I, just did it again. I mean, simple as that. I mean, I didn't run and rave or anything like that. I mean, so maybe I'm not the right person to say that that way. Maybe it's the drugs that I take. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I take 14 tablets. I take 17 tablets a day. Yeah. Because I've got diabetes and all that shit. Everything. Yeah. So you just so, have a lot of stuff. Well, that's another thing of what we're saying about people keep, well, we're talking about national health element. Before I wouldn't have been on these tablets, you'd be dead. Yeah. These things, they, all these tablets keep you alive now because you'd have died with fucking a lot of years of therapy. The other right. day, they're all my pals are dead because they didn't go and do these things. I, I, in the building game, now, this is what we do every single day of the week, right? But we're drinking slow. I'd have drunk fucking 20 pints in and you wouldn't go home till like 8 o'clock at night. When you, you go to your bed, because you'd be fucking too drunk to Yeah. And that was like 6 or 5, certainly 5 days a week. Saturday and Sunday if you wanted to work in the day. And most of my pals, I was telling Josh and days when we were have all died through drink. Most of them died through drink or late. Yeah. And I was just sensible enough. To stop something thinking like that, and I've well, 17 tablets a day keep you fucking alive, obviously. Right. If you stop the tablets, you die, won't <laughs> Yeah, it, it, I guess it was. Um... But no one is to open up and let you do anything about Scotland because we didn't. Life's just life. And... But to wrap it up, so. I get it. a lot of people, especially listening, and myself, and a lot of people in America, they, they struggle with uh, the ups and downs. Um, and it seems like, Jesus, but it seems like um, you guys have able. You've had some hard times. You grew up in, in a little bit hard time. Well, we would consider a little bit hard times. Being able to stay the course, so, you know, this is just the way of life. So for somebody that's that's struggling with, say, getting out of college and facing a great area, and maybe has to really bear down and get some work done, but it's it's really tough to get into that zone to really really focus on what your craft, your work, and stuff like that. What, what would you say to someone that's a little 
unsure of themselves or in a hard time, in a tough time in the U.S. that needs to get through to like break through the barrier to the, to the next stage? Well, it all depends on what they want to do in the sense. Should never let people put too much pressure on you. Yeah. And if you if you whatever you're doing is to become a doctor and you know that there's not a hope in hell that you're ever going to be able to do that, yeah. just do something else. Then if you know for a fact that there's not a hope in hell that you can do it, and you're knocking your panic and you are getting yourself worried shitless through that, yeah. pack it in, do something else. You'll get through life. You'll get through doing something. Yeah. I mean. Maybe not make as much money as what you were ever thinking you were going to make, but is that, that really important? Right, yeah. Is it really a problem? Is it I mean, really that big of a deal? I remember as a younger lady, that's all you thought. That's all I thought about. I need to get money for this, I need to get money for that. Oh, Christ, I'm not going to pay this, I'm not going to see that. You end up paying it somehow, eh? Yeah. Whatever, eh? Yeah. After all, a couple of banks, but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, a couple of pints is probably the important part. Well, thanks you, thank you guys. This has been a drunken but wonderful <laughs> conversation <laughs> in a pub in the middle of Edinburgh, Scotland. And cheers, guys. Before it's been you a lot of fun. Before you shove it off, well, see to you. It was a pleasure meeting you, son. Thank you. And it's been a pleasure genuinely, meeting genuinely. you guys and eating all the wonderful breakfasts. Genuinely. One of the nicest customers I've served. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Oyster World, radio production of Oyster World, LLC. Thanks again, Rob Sabfield and Josh Reed for coming on the show. Keep that griddle warm. You better believe I'll be back soon. Keep up to date on everything going on in the Big Gap year on Instagram at Nathan.Wanders, including some awesome pictures of Bali for my birthday. Check out the links in the show description for more information. And special thanks to Charlie Milliken for all of the Oyster Jams. Check him out on Spotify or at charliemilliken.com. That's M-I-L-L-I-K-I-N. Don't forget to support the show on Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N at patreon.com forward slash Oyster World Radio. Thanks again for turning into Oyster World Radio. We'll be back in two weeks. But until then, this is Nathan Lieberman signing off. I can't take control of my life If I'm too busy looking at the stars And thinking about all time that's gone by It's time for a change In my day-to-day scene Time to turn around